Welcome to the ISO podcast about medical cannabis. Uh, let me introduce uh, Dr. Giampiero Porzio, uh, that uh, he works in Florence in Associazione Tumori Toscana, and uh, it's uh, one of the best expertise in Italy for the use uh, of medical cannabis among uh, cancer patients. Uh, cannabis use uh, and interest continues to increase among patients with cancer and caregivers. Uh, but uh, the high quality of research remains scant in many areas, causing hesitancy or discomfort among most clinical providers. In our podcast, we explain this important field of treatment and research with Giampiero who's the principal investigator of several studies uh, on the effective role of medical cannabis in oncology by producing two important papers about tattoos at college among patients and medical oncologists and palliative care specialists. The question number one for Giampiero is uh, how many methods do you know about medical cannabis administration? Thank you, Raffaele. We are... Uh... Uh, we have four main, four main um, ways to take cannabis. Uh, the first one is inhalation, the most common worldwide, vaporization or smoking, oral, sublingual and topical. Each way has specific characteristics by a pharmacokinetics point of view, and these characteristics make cannabis more or less tolerable to specific patients. It's important to remind that cannabis is metabolized by liver, and metabolized are, uh, um, show a very long health time, uh, up to 70 days. Uh, in Italian, the law permits the use of medical cannabis by vaporization or oral routes with oil, pills, infusion, and so on. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Giampiero, what do you think about the risk of cannabis consumption for symptoms control among cancer patients? Yeah, of course, uh, also for all mm, kinds of treatment, it's important to consider risk and side effect of cannabis when we cancel in patients. And it's important to remind that the large majority of data are related to recreational settings. In this settings, uh, setting, uh, um, large studies have not found is a link between cannabis smoking and long-term pulmonary consequences, such as BPCO or lung cancer. Uh, on the contrary, uh, some recent evidence uh, highlights cardiovascular concern among cannabis uh, users. Marijuana consumption, in fact, may be associated with adverse cardiovascular risks. Uh, regarding uh, psychiatric disorders, uh, the data are uh, incompletely. And uh, probably uh, the risk is related to the kind of uh, uh, cannabis. Synthetic cannabis uh, can produce a much higher risk than the whole plant or uh, extract. Um, this is important, però. The, the crucial point is that these data are related to recreational setting. Relating to uh, clinical setting, we haven't conclusive data. We have some data from observational studies where anxiety, sleep disorders, muscle spasms were reported in a small percentage of patients. So we, we can conclude nothing about the risk uh, on uh, clinical setting uh, on uh, oncological patients. Sure, I think that the problem uh, is uh, we uh, today we don't have data from randomized controlled trials. This is the, the problem for me. 
Let's, this is uh, the problem because probably cannabis could be useful for a lot of symptoms for treat many disorders in our patients, but we haven't data, and there is data confusing in uh, in literature. I agree. I completely agree with you, Giampiero. In Italy, uh, there are few indications of medical cannabis, and uh, one of them is represented by pain not responsive to conventional standard treatment. What do you think about the role of cannabis for cancer pain? Uh, in my opinion, it's important to remind that the cornerstone to treat in treating cancer pain are the strong opioids, morphine, fentanyl, oxycodone, and so on. But cannabis could have an important role as an adjuvant. Cannabis, for example, will play a role in treating some kind of cancer pain, neuropathic pain, for example, or in an opioid dose-pairing strategy, or for treat patients in which uh, standard uh, treatment uh, are failing. But to date, we uh, have a few uh, well-designed randomized controller trials on medical cannabis in patients with cancer pain. However, we are registering an increasing interest in cannabis use for cancer. In my opinion, we need studies selecting patients in two main categories, uh, naive patient and patient with prior exposure to cannabis. In naive patients, we start with low doses and uh, go slow in increasing doses. On the contrary, in patients with the prior exposure to cannabis, they, these patients may be able to tolerate higher THC concentration. Probably cannabis could be useful in treating cancer pain, but it's important to define which patient, uh, which kind of cancer pain, which doses, the time to start treatment, as to combine uh, cannabis with opioids. It's an, an open question. Thank you. It's very interesting, this aspect. Um, according to the last ASMO guidelines for cancer cachexia, when studying in smallest trials and case series, uh, uh, medical cannabis, uh, specifically THC, appeared to improve aptitude and alternate weight loss. Um, Piero, do you recognize a specific role of medical cannabis for nausea or anorexia? There is a role. FDA approved dronabinol and nabilone to treating inertia and vomiting associated with chemotherapy. And uh, a meta-analysis uh, favored these drugs over placebo or other antramatics available. Uh, and other studies, additional studies, also support that patients prefer cannabinoids over other antiemetics, although patients reported more frequent side effects. Um, on the same, similarly, uh, small trials of TGA supplementation in patients with advanced cancer have shown subjective reported improved test and appetite. Uh, but uh, also with pain, uh, we haven't conclusive data. We need studies comparing cannabinoids with the new antiemetics and well-designed large studies for anorexia. But Uh, in my opinion, um, cannabinoids can play a very important role because our patients assume a lot of drugs and it's important to simplify the treatment. So drugs with two uh, possible effects, um, better, 
drugs can uh, be useful to treat two symptoms, two, two symptoms simultaneously are um, very important. For example, morphine can be treated at the same time, dyspnea and pain. At the same, cannabis could be treated at the same time, anorexia and nausea. And it's a very important point in order to simplify the treatment, to reduce the number of the drugs that patients are assuming, especially in home care setting. Perfect. Thank you, Giampiero. Due to your great experience in this field uh, of supportive care in cancer, do you talk about cannabis with your patients? Uh, it's very difficult to talk about cannabis uh, with patients, uh, given the social, cultural, regulatory complexities around the cannabis. But we can use in daily practice a four-step approach. The first step, engaging phases, listen to the patients to elicit their uh, pre-existing opinion uh, regarding cannabis. The second, focusing phase. Uh, clarify the goal of our treatment, uh, of course, the treatment of symptoms, for example. And uh, evoking phase, understand combination uh, motivation that may support or inhibit use of cannabis, and the most important, planning phase in which uh, uh, the physician, the doctor, the oncologist, and the patient and the caregiver establish a common plan in order to assume the drugs safety and uh, um, uh, with the good results to treat symptoms. Uh, I believe it's important to discuss with the patient before to start treatment to avoid the dropout or side effects or um, worse results in treating symptoms. Thank you. Thank you, Giampiero. This is a very interesting interview. I think uh, that in conclusion, uh, the improvement of quality of life in patients with cancer remains the top priority for all the patients. Although this field is early in development, medical cannabis may play an important role for symptom management in this population. And it's important to discuss the potential benefit and adverse effect of cannabis along with counseling points to allow patients to a properly use of medical cannabis. And uh, I think it is represent a critical issue that should be systematically faced, building educational program and national guidelines that sublimate personal physician belief and predisposition, resulting in a robust science-based practice. I think that uh, only through coordinated interventions on science and health policy of cannabis, there will be success of safety and efficacy, ensuring the best knowledge for the best outcome. And we conclude saying everything is possible, but knowledge is the power. Thank you, Giampiero. Thank you, Raffaele. Please remember to follow us on social media for information regarding our upcoming podcasts. Thanks for listening and see you soon on the EASO website.